0: You're listening to the Parker Edison Project. Edison Project. Project. Hey, uh, good morning, and welcome to season two of the Parker Edison Project. This time around, we're showing you how culture really manifests in our day-to-day life. I usually record these intros in the studio, but right now I'm in my living room recording a call I'm on to let you on some real conversation I'm actually having. I'm on the other line with a real block celebrity. It's my homegirl Lexi. I'll explain more in a bit. Just listen close. Try to keep up. Hey, uh, my bad. Can you, can you repeat what you were saying about the highways?
1: Yeah, I was saying the freeways have always been racist codes. Historically speaking, they built freeways to separate the cities from each other. 10 freeway in LA separates South Central from Beverly Hills.
0: That's bonkers.
1: Yeah, think about it. If you eliminate all the freeways, you couldn't get to Southeast or East San Diego. It's locked in. You can only go East or West, not North or South. I never
0: thought about that till you mentioned it, but that's kind of a nutty way to describe classism in the city. We can move laterally, right and left, but we can't move up or out of where they got us.
1: Yeah, whenever Blacks try to move or prosper, it gets taken away from us. What's really happening is they got a head start and we're trying to catch up.
0: It's sort of like uh, if integration was a type of colonization, and maybe the first legs of it were just takeovers, and now we just kind of figured out like a less violent version that we have to be victim to.
1: Before integration, they burned all of our cities down all over the country, not just here, San Diego. Have you ever heard of Allen'sburg? It was founded in the 1800s for Black people to live in a town that they own property.
0: Hey, I remember you were talking about that the last time we were chopping it up how there were like five or six big towns that were started by by Black people post-slavery and that they were all taken or burned down after after they got successful.
1: Correct. Victorville is the only one that's left.
0: Hey, and I remember you saying that too. And it's, it's crazy because Black people still move from Center San Diego to Victorville to, to live now.
1: Right, exactly. Still to this day. Julian was another part of San Diego that was owned by Black people was actually owned by a free slave.
0: I know the the Hotel Robinson started up there and then it got wild successful and it was bought out and renamed by the Jacobs family to become the Julian Hotel.
1: Do you know why they populated that area?
0: Because of the the, the open space and the water?
1: I mean, yeah, that too. But for the most part, the reservations, the Native Americans have always worked with Black people. That's
0: true. Because I know the Buffalo Soldiers are an example of that. Also, that kind of goes back to the roads separating the races and the classes. It's like the roads that separate us from the Native reservations. yo. And there's the integration again because they exiled the Native Americans and put the casinos there and then collect the tax money off of them. Like That's just a cold
1: game. Exactly. They've done the same thing to our neighborhoods. Here in San Diego, they did it. The FBI came to our neighborhoods, destroyed the Black Panthers. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on one second, please. Someone's on the other line.
0: Some of y'all might not be up on the movements of the Black Panther Party, so let me get you up to speed real quick while I'm on hold. Facts! What's up, y'all? This is Jay Smith, a.k.a. 1019. 1019. And in 1966, the San Diego School District was more segregated than Little Rock, Arkansas. It ranked lowest in the nation in terms of hiring a staff of people with color. The San Diego Black Panthers chapter helped to improve conditions for people of color by establishing WIC programs and free breakfast programs for families. So much so, the CIA head J. Edgar Hoover pledged that in 1969, that would be the last year of the Black Panther Party. He then created the COINTELPRO organization to discredit, disrupt, Raid and infiltrate the Black Panther Party to bring it down. Facts. You still there? Yeah, yeah. You were talking about the Panther movement being attacked by the FBI?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. In 1969, they came down to Ocean View Boulevard. They blew up and bulldozed most of the houses in the area. There's still a church out there that has the Black Panther chapter number on it. You know, they knew we were getting together on Sundays initially. So that was the day they decided to come and attack us. The operation was called a Sunday in the park. You can still look it up on YouTube and see other videos of the riot.
0: Yeah, I found that clip online. What's super nutty is that that happened July 13th, 1969. I was doing the math on it. July 14th, the San Diego Tribune ran a story about 12 police officers raiding a Black Panther's headquarters. That place was on 2952 Imperial.
1: Same way they destroyed other Black cities like Tulsa.
0: Hey, dig this. I know this is a little nutty, but I'm working on this podcast episode about how certain neighborhoods of color get taken out. And uh, a similar thing happened in Logan Heights. And I know some of this stuff was going to parallel. So I started recording this, this convo so I could re-listen to it. You know, do you mind if I, uh...
1: like? Wait, hold on. Are you recording this right now?
0: Yeah, but it's not live. It's just... I'm just in the studio real fast. Hello?
2: Hello? Stay
1: tuned for, Stay more, tuned of for more of the P.E.P.
2: What's up, P.E.P. fam? This is Kilsey Ray, editor of the Parker Edison Project. I want you to check out my show, Chris Sees the Internet, live Sundays at 7 p.m. on the Platform Collection page at YouTube. We talk about culture, art tech and do in-depth interviews with our favorite forward thinkers. chris sees the internet hosted by myself and og hip-hop eddie sundays 7 p.m on youtube platform collection
1: hello this is maya from maya's cookie san diego we are america's number one black-owned gourmet vegan cookie company you can check us out on our social media at maya's cookie san diego
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the city of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. And now back to the (laughs) PEP. Dang. I'll try her again in a minute. The topic of this episode is what I want to call the inner city freeway conspiracy. Lexi talked about the way freeways box certain races in. As I was doing research, I learned some examples of how those same freeways sometimes boxed us out. For instance, in 1944, LA's Federal Aid Highway Act destroyed the lively, prospering Mexican neighborhood of Boyle Heights. This was no accident. It was done intentionally to disrupt the community and stifle races from mingling with one another the exact same thing happened here at one time san diego's logan heights was officially the second largest chicano community on the west coast with a population of close to 20,000 people in the 1960s the i-5 freeway planners intruded on the area their industrial rezoning split the robust neighborhood leaving logan heights on one side and what is now known as barrio logan on the other with the luxurious highway to coronado right down the middle but Barrio Logan residents were quite aware of the long-term ramifications of this construction and fought to maintain a small piece of their legacy. What's your name and what are you best known for?
3: My name is Victor Ochoa.
0: I'm known as a Chicano muralist, but I'm also an educator and an activist. I'm, I'm talking to a lot of different people, and I'm figuring out there's sort of this conspiracy that happens with highways and roads. And one of the things that struck me really interesting is how that manifested with the Coronado Bridge. Yeah. yeah. The,
3: the, well, they they wanted to uh, make a parking lot for the highway patrol, where now it's Chicano Park. And um, I was there during the takeover, which was um, in April of 1970. I was a student at San Diego State at that time, so I, I got a chance to that part of the community's reaction to saying, you know, we don't want more police uh, visibility right in our neighborhood. You know, they
0: usually like to build uh, police stations and jails next to our communities. <laughs> There's a specific day where people really began to, in the way of construction, getting onto the construction equipment and literally stopping the work.
3: Human chains,
0: mostly kids and mothers, uh, around the bulldozers, stopped the construction
3: completely. Uh, Later on, when we got them off the property, we hot-wired some of the bulldozers and used the bulldozers to clear chunks of concrete from the sidewalks that were busted up and uh, started planting trees and cactus to kind of make it look like a park. The
0: community came out with shovels and rakes and stuff and cleaning it up, making it it look like a park. Why was it so important to have a, a park space in that neighborhood? Being that all the land was approached by everything else,
3: they built Interstate 5 right in the middle between the residential and the commercial area of Logan Heights and a tactic that they've been doing in Black neighborhoods and Mexican neighborhoods throughout history. It seems like in what we call Logan, which is 16th Street to 30th, just in that one section, there's 5,000 families taken out just for Interstate 5. And the residential was kind of strangled off because the freeway just sliced right there in them. Um, they decided to do the bridge on the on the Coronado side. It kisses a 54-acre golf course, and over here it has a uh, 120 pillars that go over the Mexican part of town to to join the the freeway. And of course, the the reason is that they didn't want the people that went to Coronado to go through a Mexican neighborhood.
0: Ooh. <laughs> the reality. And that, that kind of keys me into the, my next question is how important is Chicano park to, to the neighborhood of Barrio Logan?
3: You know, it's kind of a, a sense of pride and, and honor and respect. Um, like you can see the mural that I just did this, this past year, seven-story high uh, pillar. It's, uh, it has something over 100 murals in it now. We do events. Uh, before the pandemic, we, we reached 47,000 people
0: during our anniversaries and all kinds of events throughout the year. That's, that's wild deep. My line just beeped. I really appreciate you talking to me um I, I gotta get back with you sure
1: uh, hello you still recording
0: i am but but i'll stop if you want me to
1: no 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 you're good you're good but this is the stuff they want to hide and cut out of the books that's how they control the narrative but everything i'm talking about is still going on look at them they're trying to steal skyline what you mean we think our neighborhoods are getting nicer, but they're buying it from under us, and they're gentrifying it. That's deep. Yeah, the homes are nice, but they're not worth a million dollars. Look around, this is not the city we grew up in. Look at 54th Street, Tina's, Bonnie Jean's, Wrigley's, Van Mart, all gone, just like Allen's were. You don't even notice it.
0: They, they fully gentrified that block. That's what I wanted this whole episode
1: to really be about. You got this on tape, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm taping right now. You got my permission to use my parts. Go and let them know. But do that.
0: Hey, I'm going to get at you. In fact, I'm going to put this all together. I appreciate you putting me up on game. Well, I got you. Can you tell people your name just one time?
1: Yeah, my name's Lexi Valentino.
0: Word. I appreciate you. Hello? Hello? Hey, that's the real right there you just been let in on some heavy info. Go hit the books, dig deeper into everything you just heard, and ask some hard questions like, what if the same tools used to decimate Boyle Heights in East L.A. almost buried the culture of Barrio Logan in San Diego? What if the same group that dismantled the Black Panthers on Ocean View gentrified Julian and now are quietly at work on Southeast Skyline neighborhood? I'm not wrapping this up with some nice, neat solutions that rarely exists in the black experience. This is real life. Whatever you decide to do with this information could very well become the next chapter of this story. Hopefully for the better. I'm going to close this episode with a funk anthem from a nine-piece instrumental soul band. They're from right here in San Diego and they never fail to impress me. Tim, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. How about you, Jack?
0: I'm super excited to get to talk with you. Uh, I've been following your work for a while now you're you're in a very big band how many members and who are the members of surefire solo ensemble
2: well most of the time it's nine people um we've got jesse adello cheryl felton my wife uh kiko cornejo jr jake Nager, travis klein omar lopez uh lito magana myself uh willie fleming so those are the nine that, that usually is the performing group and then we've got um Bill Caballero, who's appeared on a lot of the recordings, and also Andy Geib, tr- uh, both trumpet players. That's a lineup right there, man. It's a lot of people to have a, a business-slash-creative relationship with. <laughs> How'd you come together? Well, actually, there are some former members who who I started the party with. Um, and That was Chris Lee, Matt LaBarber, Pete Williams, and Nick Costa, and also uh, Bill Caballero and Kiko. He's, he's the, the longest- member who's still currently in in surefire um and then jesse adello on on sax came a little bit later but um i had been working on some demos i think it was like 2010 i was playing more in like four-piece funk groups and i started hearing the bigger bands i I really dug it so i just said let's do it let's put together i think it started at seven and then and then it was eight and then it was nine (laughs) what are you guys working on these days well, we've got a fourth record that's coming out in April. There's a live album that's coming out on this new label that I'm doing called All Town Sound. And that just went to the pressing plant. It'll be out sometime like in a year. <laughs> we're, we're
0: closing this episode with your track, Step Down. I first heard it on one of the local college stations out here, and it just floored me, bad. What inspired it?
2: It was written early lockdown. I mean the whole the whole Trump experience was was pretty special in itself. So there was a lot of momentum from from that, from even before COVID, and then just with the kind of like half the country not believing what was happening was actually happening, and that translating into like people in Congress, um, particularly on the right side of the aisle, who just didn't want to believe it was happening, and so they were really slow with getting out any kind of help you know we need these people to step down because they're not doing their jobs wow
0: it's politically minded it is i had no idea one of the reasons i'm so glad i got to ask the source i appreciate you taking the time just to talk with us really quick just to kind of top it off would you mind introducing the track for the listeners
2: sure this is uh this is the song step down by the surefire soul ensemble
0: Stopping in, The Parker Edison Project is produced and hosted by yours truly, Parker Edison, and the good people at Platform Collection. Be sure to subscribe and catch the next episode on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, visit theparkeredisonproject.com or hit us on Instagram at the P.E. Project. My guy, Kurt Conan, is audio production manager. Lisa Jane Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is associate general manager for content. This programming is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Content Fund. I love saying that because it reminds me of Sesame Street. Y'all stay safe out there.